So today is Halloween. And one of the things that many do for Halloween is they pretend. They create a costume and pretend there's someone or something else. And oftentimes that pretending is harmless and fun. It's celebratory. It's something that we look forward to. But if we are people who do that on a regular basis, in other words, if we seek to pretend all of the time, then that's not so good. And it is far from harmless. What do I mean? It can be the case that we hear today's words, love God with everything, our heart, our strength, our mind, our soul, and our neighbor as ourselves, and we think those are just nice platitudes. Of course we should do those things. We even may believe that we should do those things when we come here to gather for the Eucharist. But we can also pretend. Because what we can do when we leave here is to think that loving God and loving neighbor only applies to a select few. We don't have to love every neighbor, just some of them. If there are neighbors that make me angry with whom I disagree, or neighbors that are really down and out on their luck, or neighbors who have in fact chosen to do horrible things, well, I don't need to love them. Just some. We can pretend that we're Christians. But in fact, Jesus makes it clear today That's not the kind of love that God is looking for. A love that is partial. A love that is not total. A love that makes fine distinctions about who or who not, or who or who isn't worthy of love. From us, and I guess by extension, God. To be sure, it's not easy to love your neighbor as yourself. That's a real challenge. I don't always like the thought of having to love all neighbors as myself. I live in a community. There are 23 other people I live with. I'm telling you, it's not always easy to love your neighbor as yourself. But it's what God wants. It's what God asks. And quite frankly, it's what it means when we give all of our love, every aspect of our love, to God. We can't help but share it with others when we love God fully and completely. And that's the insight that the guy in today's gospel actually gets. He says something very profound that we might miss at first glance since he talks about burnt offerings and sacrifices. I don't know about you, but I don't think I know a single person that's made a burnt offering or offered a sacrifice. We might not even know why those things were done or what they're about. That's for another day. But he says... That commandment from God and the different ways in which the Jewish people worshipped God, 
Those things have no meaning or limited meaning or little meaning, tiny meaning, if they don't transform our lives. That's the point he's making. That loving God with everything we have, loving our neighbor as ourselves, that's worth more than all of the worship that the Jewish people did. And so it is for us. When we come to Mass, one of the things we have to to recognize is that every aspect of what we celebrate when we come together here for Mass is aimed at a specific outcome. And what is that? That we will be changed. Our hearts will be changed. That we, in fact, will be more like the people God has created us to be. We will recognize by the presence of Jesus clearly on this altar that we share in that presence as members of the body of Christ. We receive Christ, but that is also something that helps us and gives us powerful grace to be like Christ. Imagine what the world would be like if they saw us and said, Is that Jesus? They look so similar, this person and Jesus. They act so clearly in the same way. They do the same things. They talk about the same teachings and the same truths. Wouldn't it be amazing if each one of us was so convicted in loving God with everything we have and our neighbor as ourselves that people got us confused? And when they saw us coming into this place, they said, that's the place where they become more like Jesus. That's the place where their prayer life gets deepened so they have a deeper union with Jesus. That's the place where their hearts are stretched to be ever more generous to those in need so they can love like God loves unconditionally. That's the place where they recognize how valuable they are and how much they are loved, and how much God has in store for us if we simply open our hearts to what he can do for us. Just imagine if we were genuine and sincere in seeking to love God with everything we have. Now, to be sure, I don't want you to think that I stand up here and say, well, I've done it, so... Come on, let's go. Of course I haven't. I still hold back. I still make distinctions about who I should love and who I should not. I get impatient. I'm selfish. The people in those, the community that I talked about, those 23 others, would say, well, yeah, you talk about us. You ought to take a look at yourself. Of course. We sin. But see, part of recognizing that we are to love God with everything we have is to trust in that love enough that we know that when we take advantage of the grace of God, our sins can be forgiven. We can go to confession and have our slate wiped clean so that we can be more open to the grace of God. And even if you're like me and you have kind of this top ten list of favorite sins that just keep coming back and back and back again, have no fear. If we are genuinely repentant 
God forgives, not once, not twice, not even 70 times, seven times, but every time. What is God calling you to do that you really don't want to let go in order to love him? What is it that you hold on to rather than loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? What takes a little bit of place in your heart that God doesn't get? What takes a little bit of place in your soul that you don't really want to give to God? What thoughts occupy your mind, or how do you use your mind in a way that indicates that at least a little part of it, if not a big part of it, is left for other things? I'd offer us a simple challenge today. It's kind of been my theme for this year that's lasted for some time. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being angry. And I'm tired of being surrounded by certain people who are angry. I'm tired of reading about people that are angry. I'm tired of seeing all of the vitriol that surrounds us. And I've committed myself to something. I'm going to try to, to hear, to listen, and to understand those people who think radically different than I do, or even a little bit different than I do. We're a nation that seems so mad at each other. We're a country that seems so far removed from loving everyone with our strength. Now, that does not mean that we give up our principles, that we just say everything is fine and so forth. That's not my point. There are things with which I profoundly disagree. Heck, some of those people are my friends, and I profoundly disagree with them. But I wonder what would happen to my friendships and my relationships and by extension to our world if each one of us made a small commitment to seek to love our neighbor by listening to our neighbor, by understanding our neighbor. So that even if we disagree, we might more fully have an understanding about what's really at stake and how it is that we can help people to see the values of the gospel. To be sure, this is a high challenge, which is why we are here, in this place, in this church, at this Mass. Because we know the challenge is great. We know the, the openness we need to have with God is demanding. But we also know that on those times when we can open our minds, our hearts, our souls, we will be given the strength to work for the Lord Jesus and to love our neighbor as ourselves.